conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back. I'm your host, Deanna Chapman, and today I'm joined once again by Katie Schaefer, and we are talking about the Miss Marvel miniseries that just aired on Disney Plus recently. Katie, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm thrilled to be talking Miss Marvel. Yes, me too. Um, have you read the comics this is based on? I have read two of the series, and I think they were the ones that like came out one right after the other, like Marvel did a very short series and then did like another one because there were like two number ones for Miss Marvel within the same year or two. Like it, it was very oh, close together. They did some weird thing. So yes, I have read quite a few of the Miss Marvel comics. I haven't read any of the champion stuff, which mm. has, you know, her and Miles Morales, a lot of characters I enjoy. So I still have some Miss Marvel homework to do. I do think Champions is a possibility down the line. Yeah, I really, I wanted to get to this, but I just didn't have time to read it before. I really got to get my Marvel subscription back up and running so that I can easily read these on my tablet. Um, but it, after watching this, I am definitely going to go back and read them because I really enjoyed this. And I am excited to see where they go with this character and how uh, they weave her into the Marvel universe. Yeah, and I think one or both of those series that I read are very Jersey contained, kind of like this story. So right. you do get glimpses here and there. And, you know, that series, she got her own series in 2014. So mm -hmm. that was after appearing in Captain Marvel number 14 in 2013. Okay. So this character hasn't been around all that long, which is pretty cool. I think one of the things I want to talk about is how Marvel is pulling from the comics, because they've started pulling a lot more recent stuff, which mm -hmm. makes me a little worried that they are going to kind of run out of storylines to cover for certain characters. Well, like they did with like Thor Love and Thunder, the little girl in that is an entirely MCU creation. Well, we, you know, we've seen how that worked out for Harley Quinn, for instance, being a Batman mm -hmm. the animated series character and then becoming a larger than life DC Comics character. So I think that is something they can definitely do. But you know, that that storyline that Thor Love and Thunder pulls from which I have not seen yet. That's also very recent. They're not it pulling is. from like yep. the 60s, 70s, 80s stuff anymore. It seems like. Yeah, they very much moved into like the modern age of comics, which it'll be interesting to see if they keep that up uh, with the Fantastic Four that's coming out soon, how they're going to handle the X-Men, which we'll, of course, talk about once we get to the end of the show, um, end of Miss Marvel anyway. But I, so far, I from what I've seen, the, one of the things I think Marvel does best is uh, how it combines its comic book writers with its directors and screenwriters mm -hmm. because my understanding is that for pretty much every project there is a writer who does the screenplay or the teleplays if it's for tv and then there is a comic book writer who is tasked with like keeping things within marvel guidelines pushing towards the general goals all of that stuff mm -hmm. like it and they are usually credited alongside um but they don't they don't do much interviews or anything like that so 
And I think that for this one... I think Sana Aminat did quite a bit of work on this one, and she works at Marvel Comics. Yep, and uh, it looks like they did give credit to G. Willow Wilson, who was the original writer mm -hmm. for Miss Marvel Kamala, and the creator of uh, Kamala Khan. Yeah, Sana and... G. Willow Wilson and a few others, Stephen Wacker, Adrian Alfana, and Jamie McKelvey are all five credited with the creation of this character. Right. Because, you know, they finally started crediting artists for this stuff, too, before they would just, like, create it by Stan Lee. It's like, hmm, not entirely, because he didn't exactly. draw any of them. <laughs> but... You know, she's appeared in a lot of the animated stuff. Yes. Which yes. has been fun. And obviously, with this being live action, played by Iman Villani, and you have the CGI to take into consideration with this character. So they kind of changed up the powers a little bit. I kind of want to hit on that first. Okay. As far as details of the show, how did you feel about that? Not having really read the Miss Marvel comics. So I had heard about the controversy before I watched the show that people were mad because she has stretchy powers and why doesn't she have stretchy powers and meh. And I saw the trailer and was like, I'm fine with this. This is like... Doing stretch powers is one of the more difficult CGI effects to really make look good. It's really challenging to do. And they push the CGI people quite enough on the Marvel front, as we're hearing more and more about. Um, and Unpleasantly so, most yeah, of the time. Crunch, crunch. And Les, in the video game industry, this is what we're seeing. Um I think they found a good middle ground. Like, you can still have that stretchy effect, but it just looks cool. Yeah. Instead of, like... Gumby? Well, humans don't... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It just doesn't work. Like, your brain immediately rejects it because it's like, I can't imagine what that would look like. I could. I think the closest I've ever seen anyone pull it off, and this was with um, practical effects, is in The Thing, <laughs> where the guy's head is being pulled off his body by The Thing, and you can see his skin stretching. Like, that looks realistic because it is, you know, uh, practical. But even just going back to the cameo in Doctor Strange in The Multiverse yes! of Madness with Reed Richards, there were some weird things going on there. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's like... Eh. And to do that for an entire show, you know, that Reed Richards scene was 30 seconds you're right and i don't know how they're how well they're gonna do it in the future when they bring reed richards back in yeah i guess we'll find out i don't care enough to revisit all of the other fantastic four movies to see how it looked there it bad it looked bad let me tell you so. i mean it's 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 just something that doesn't that your the human mind does not you know let go of just yeah. just looks too weird i think so this works i think this is a really middle of the ground or middle of the road solution yeah. that also looks really pretty and really cool. I had a lot of fun with this because I went to school with a lot of kids whose parents had like come over from Asia and India and stuff like that. Like maybe they were second generation and their parents were first generation American, but they were still raised. You you know, like by immigrants, essentially. And right. seeing th this family on screen like this, I, I saw so many of my friends in this. Oh, that's must be awesome. Which was really fun to see because this is basically the second time we've seen something like this happen with Marvel. And I would say the first time is Black Panther. Right. Where you're seeing this entire group of people who have 
yet to be represented in the Marvel Universe, or really superhero universes in general, you know, Black Panther, Black Lightning, which that was a CW TV show, so it didn't hold quite as much weight as these big massive theatrical releases or it did not earn two billion dollars like black panther did and become right. a phenomenon you know and even the stuff that's going on disney plus is not the same as the stuff that's going on the cw not to knock the cw stuff i watched almost all of those shows you know right but and this is a different different budget level i think for sure i think it's safe to say disney has a lot more money than the cw yes a yes. lot more and- and a bit and a, more of a focus on like the superhero side of things because they can spend the money on it. Yeah, it's not a little villain of the week kind of thing or villain of the season kind of thing. And you get the whole slice of life aspect with this too because you see them preparing for the brother's wedding. You see them doing all of these family things together. They go and visit her grandmother. In Pakistan, like they go to the mosque. Yeah. The mosque is like a hangout spot and and like a point of meeting in more than a few episodes. Like I think that's, this is really the first Disney that has shown an actual culture because Black Panther is, of course, it's set in Africa, but it's set in, you know, Wakanda, which is not a real place, whereas Pakistan absolutely is. And the Jersey City, very much so too. (laughs) Yeah, we're you know, the partition that they're talking about very, is a huge part of India and Pakistan's history and the whole region. And yeah, I love that they they immerse you in the culture in the, this. Yeah. In a way that's just it feels natural. It's not overdone or like heavy handed. It's just this is it felt like this is just what it's like to, you know, oh, we're going to going to the mosque. We're running behind. We got to run and catch up and all of that type of thing. It's just so every day. Yeah, and I really love the way that they treated Bruno, too, the whole family, Mm -hmm. because it's like they knew he didn't have anyone else. And just like when he sets up the tech stuff for the dad. Yes. He gets so excited about it. It's so adorable. It's so good. And you see the family tension between Kamala and her parents and you know I obviously I didn't spend a ton of time with like all of my friends parents but mm-hmm. especially in high school you know I played sports so a lot of the parents would show up and you could see how all of the parents interacted with my friends so this was something that stood out quite a bit just because like I said I I went to school with a lot of kids who weren't white you know I, I was in nerdy classes <laughs> so it was like the opposite of what it usually is I was like one of three white kids in my classes mm, mm-hmm. so it was like very different for me I think and then you know you you just get to experience that in a different way and you don't always see that in the movies like I was saying earlier so I feel like you don't have to be part of the culture to understand it, even if you've just like witnessed it through your friends. It's like, yes, this tracks. They took the time to get this stuff right. They didn't use just flat out stereotypes. Sure, you have a lot of that coming from damage control. Yeah. They use the stereotypes. Very but then much. we see the other side of that where it's like, nah, whatever you're thinking, you're out of your mind. <laughs> yes. Yes. The the range of different people that they have in this is is very 
makes things so much more interesting. That's what I kept going back to as I was watching. I was like, oh, I just, you never get to see stuff like this. This is, these are the stories that I want to hear more of because I don't know how it's going to play out because this is, I mean, not necessarily that. I don't know the particulars of this kind of culture. I don't know these tropes. And so these are entirely new stories to me in some ways and getting to see them is exciting to watch. Like, oh, cool, look at this thing that I'll never personally get to have a window into more than likely, but I can watch it on TV and know that my daughter watched part of this with me and she just loved it immediately. It was, yes, this is amazing and I'm, I am all about it. So getting to watch it with her and having her have absolutely no issues just accepting it because you know she goes to school with a lot of muslim kids so for her it's not weird it's just normal yeah same and it does a nice job of just capturing that not necessarily immaturity but just inexperience from kamala with everything like the driving lessons (laughs) oh my goodness oh god (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh it's, it's it's yes she's and she's so excited about everything i love that she's just she's so herself and energetic yeah. effervescent she's unashamed to be that way too which is exciting and great to see i was also very impressed with the cast who for the most part i didn't know anything about like the person i was most familiar with in this show was agent deaver because she was the warden in Orange is the New Black for, I want to say, a few seasons. Oh, okay. Yep. So pretty much the only one I was familiar with. Some of the people looked f- familiar from things here and there, but I hadn't watched anything like that they had been in long term. Mm-hmm. So just the fact that this cast meshed so well, it felt like they were genuinely having fun. And I know that schedules for these things can be grueling and you probably have moments where you just have Robert Downey Jr. standing in front of a green screen for a lot of Iron Man scenes so yes it's kind of a different vibe but this really felt like they were together all the time when filming this you have Kamala and Bruno going up on the roof to practice her powers and you have the whole corner mart there blowing up on him and it's just poor corner corner stores just can't make it in the MCU. They're just they really can't. <laughs> if you see one, it's getting blown up. It is a Chekhov's gun type situation here. Very likely. And the whole thing with Cameron not getting his name right for all oh, but that like was... the last episode. And he was like, no, seriously, I thought it was Brian this whole time. <laughs> I love that. that they... And you, you see it on the actor's face when he tells he introduces himself. He's like, Oh, God, this is why this guy's been so weird to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is so justified, and I feel so terrible. Like It was, it was all played out in just this brief flash on his face. It was like, and Bruno perfection. was so certain he was doing it on purpose yes! the entire yes! time. And uh, I didn't know whether he was or not. Yeah. Sometimes it kind of seemed like it, but, it was, but he just keeps calling him that. And I haven't heard anyone correct him, <laughs> and then he continued to do it. And that's the moment I was waiting for, and that never came until then. And then yeah. after that, he only refers to him as Bruno, and I was like, okay, see, he wasn't a bad guy. Right. And just the whole story of Kamala figuring out why she has these powers and you know they do that little not so name drop at the end where he's like there's a mutation in your genes yes yes which that i think was 
too on the nose for me to just drop that at the end there because I don't think for the most part any of these shows are getting second seasons. I think I heard Loki might, but... Loki is getting a second season, and I believe this one is too. WandaVision, as far as I know, uh, and Falcon and Winter Soldier, they, I haven't heard anything about that one, but... Well, I, I don't know if this one is. It said finished in my app after I watched the last episode because, you know, you have that little title card at the end. Yes, Miss Marvel will return. Yeah, will return in the Mar Marvels. So I think a lot of the these shows are ways of kind of just getting to the next piece of certain character stories. And obviously, this is kind of like a soft introduction to Kamala before she shows up on the big screen. Will everyone watch this show? No. Will more people go watch the Marvels? Probably, but... Or I could see they'll watch the Marvels and then go back to this. Yeah. But the fact that it took Marvel until Captain Marvel to have a female lead, and then they go from that to... Okay, time to do the Black Widow movie. Oh. And then they hit us with WandaVision, which is all about Wanda. Yep. And fantastic. Obviously, you, again, you have the network stuff like Agent Carter. Fantastic show. Loved it. Probably not right for network TV. Mm -mm. I want more of it, personally. <laughs> but <laughs> I could see I could see us getting something more of that with, uh, I mean, because they keep bringing her back yeah. here and there. Yeah. When she's so, not she doing seems, Mission Impossible. Yeah, but she seems perfectly happy to play the role. So hopefully we'll get something more. And I know they, and with them finally like, all right, I guess these Netflix shows are part of the MCU too. Yeah, like, Jessica Jones. Very begrudgingly. Very begrudgingly. Because they wanted, because everybody wanted uh, Charlie Cox back. Yeah, and we saw him in Spider-Man No Way Home, which was great. You have then Kamala taking the lead, by far the youngest of all of the female characters to lead a show or movie. Yes. And I think, you know, Captain Marvel wasn't the best of the MCU. Black Widow, not the best of the MCU. I personally no. enjoyed WandaVision. Mm -hmm, me too. I really enjoyed this. And, you know, we're, we're not exactly talking about the show here, but I, I think Marvel is trying to obviously diversify and not yeah. just make everything about Captain America and Iron Man and Thor, which we still got a Thor movie, but like I said, haven't seen it, so I can't speak to how much focus is actually on Chris Hemsworth in it. But I like that they're going out and trying these things, even if it's just Disney Plus. Like, I don't need everything to be this big, massive theatrical release. I'm fine with six episodes of stuff. Yeah, I think. And not getting more. I think this is, um, I think this could have been a movie. This could have been its own movie for sure. Like, you, you could have taken these six episodes and trimmed them down. It wouldn't have been nearly as satisfying. And I think that's the reason they decided to go with making this a, uh, a show. I think we would have lost a lot of the Pakistan episode mm -hmm. if this were a movie. Because that would have been boiled down to, like, yeah. 20 minutes. Yes, exactly. And I think stretching it out with something like this like and especially an origin story which usually i'm not big into origin stories usually those are the most boring part of a superhero mm -hmm. story and like a superhero's life story in general is how they get their powers yeah but with this i like it when they do it this way because then we can really expand you get enough detail about the character and now she can go into the full uh, cinematic universe and we don't need don't need to have her start as an origin she can just pop right on in there and based on the ending of the show she's already been popped into cosmic events from 
all the guesses I was reading online. Yeah. I think because we got so much of her life, even before the powers popped up, Mm. you know, we saw her at school. We saw her with Bruno while he was making his little gadgets. And, you know, he got into what? Caltech, which... Yep. I... Again, I went to school with people like Bruno, basically, too. (laughs) Because like I said, I was in a bunch of the nerdy classes. And I know I literally know people who went to Caltech because I went to school in Southern California. So which is very hard to get into, right? Like it's like this California MIT type level school. Basically. Okay. That's the gist I got from it. And I know people who went to MIT, too. So right. It's definitely something that felt very relatable on all fronts and as someone who is in philly i have experienced jersey yeah so there was just a lot going on here and i was like yeah this all this all really tracks and they really nailed it because we're so used to being in new york Mm -hmm. where yes new york has a vibe but there's so many different people in New York and it is so densely, densely, densely packed that it's like little pockets of New York, but we were typically just seeing New York as a whole. We Yeah. We're never like just a in general little overview. Italy or something, you know. <laughs> right, right. And they talk about, you know, the Brooklyn or the Bronx or whatever, yeah. depending on where, you know, they are. But this has so much of its own its own flavor. Yes. Like the location. Uh it still feels like city. But Jersey City, (laughs) regular sized city and, uh, you know, not one of the biggest cities in the entire world city type thing. So it's much more relatable, I think, than for kids, especially who don't live in New York. Yeah, because it's easy to feel so small in a place like New York. Mm -hmm. But like you said, you go to a normal sized bigger city, like I said, Philly, for instance, and it. It's not the same. You know it's a big city, but it doesn't feel the way that New York feels. Right. Where New York, it's like so much all city. Whereas like here in Minneapolis, like we have, or the Twin Cities rather, we have two decently sized cities that are 15 minutes away from each other. And the space in between those cities never gets suburban. You know, there's, it's all mixed use. There's lots of neighborhoods and, but it's, you don't find skyscrapers or even big buildings there. It's like there's two designated areas where this is where we have those things. And those are like the downtowns. And then everything else as it spreads out from there is more city neighborhoods. So it's that's what this felt like. Whereas like in a Spider-Man movie, he's constantly in New York City yeah. where there are giant tall buildings to swing from everywhere. Yeah. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse did a better job of making New York City feel smaller. And I want to say like Luke Cage did as well. Yeah, yeah. Being in Harlem, you get a lot of that. And I think it's just great that Marvel is branching out. Miss Marvel is such a fun character. Even in the comics, Mm -hmm. I really instantly loved the character. And they take a lot of that family vibe from the comics to a lot of this is not necessarily like verbatim from the comics, but straight from the comics. And it is so comedic because I think a lot of people would see Kamala's parents as being too strict, especially someone from the outside, just like looking in. Mm -hmm. But you see how they take Bruno in, who is, you know, kind of like an outsider, basically, because 
he doesn't have his own family. He is living above the corner store and working at the corner store to <laughs> live above it. And he's in high school doing this. And it's like, they'll make him dinner and just be like, here you go. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> you come eat the dinner. I, br I brought you food. You eat this. And it's like a giant bag of food. Like, oh, no, just wait a minute. Let me go and get you. Here's a week's worth of lunches, kiddo. <laughs> and he was like, you did that already? Like, it was like yeah, she yeah. had clearly prepared in advance, knowing that Bruno was going to be at the house. And it's just so endearing to see how mm -hmm. they treat him. And obviously, Kamala has, like I said, her tensions. And you can see the brother kind of trying to, like, be the cool brother and kind of oh, smooth God. things over. <laughs> oh. It's just, oh. it's such a fun family dynamic, even if Kamala doesn't think so. And I had a yeah. lot... Of fun with this and damage control pretty good storyline there we haven't even started talking about i, I don't want to say the real villains you know this isn't about like a dr doom era villain or something yeah. like that these are the clandestines are not the villains but they are kind of villainous it's more they, they feel they have their own motives they're the antagonists because they are doing something for a good but selfish reason. They're trying to save the Nor, which is their dimension. Mm -hmm. They want to save their people. They've been exiled to Earth. And you can understand why they're the antagonists of this. And it's not like they're out to get Kamala directly, necessarily. They want her power. Exactly. They're not trying to take over the world. They just want to go back to theirs. They're not trying to destroy her world. That they're not necessarily... Concerned with not destroying it. <laughs> exactly. If it gets them what they want, they're like, well, it's unfortunate, but I really would like to just go home now. So... Yeah. Bye! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no real, like big, bad Thanos kind of villain trying to just ruin everything for everyone. They just want to go home. It's completely understandable. You have Najma, mm -hmm. who is Kamran's mother. We find out that these people are old. They are ancient, except for Kamran. <laughs> yes, because I, I never really got what age he's supposed to be, If if that's like... If this is an Edward Cullen Twilight type thing here, or if he's really actually 17. I'm assuming that he's actually 17 until proven otherwise. Yeah, we're going with that for so many <laughs> reasons. <laughs> so I think they just did a nice job of introducing the clandestines, the red daggers, giving you all of this stuff without it feeling like it was too much because we didn't need to know every little detail about the red daggers you obviously have the one who is willing to help kamala even after their sort of leader is killed and i think they just had a good balance here because obviously you have to have like the whole karachi episode yes because you can't really jump back and forth between there and jersey and have it flow quite as well i i don't think i would have liked that because no because i mean it's a 24-hour flight yeah so it's yeah like getting just getting the time zones right too much work <laughs> yeah and we just you need to have that you and i are an hour apart and i still screw it up so <laughs> Well, and otherwise, it's like, this isn't the Avengers. It needs to have that scale. 
Because if it's all of a yeah. sudden like, oh, well, she's back and forth from Pakistan to Jersey City. It's like, well, how the hell is she getting there? This is a little too, a little too much hand waving. So having it yeah. be, okay, we are in Pakistan and now we are back. That works. Yeah. Another big question I had for you was, how do you feel about how many people find out her identity by the end of this? It's just very a lot. Like everybody knows by the end, it seems like. um, Like Zoe finds out. <laughs> well, the, Zoe knew from the beginning because to the because she recognized her. And so that I was okay with. It was more the that she tells not just her parents, but her brother and his her brother and her sister-in-law. <laughs> well, to be fair, her mom walks in. Yes. In Karachi. Yes. And that makes you know, she had to tell her mom. <laughs> and but that the train, yeah, the train of her mom <laughs> telling the dad <laughs> that telling them <laughs> and she makes this big announcement. You told Abu and Abu always has his phone on speaker, so we heard. Speaker is just so much easier. <laughs> it's such a dad thing to say. It is. It is. That guy, I have to say for me, he was like my favorite non like main character. He, that guy, um, Mohan Kapoor as Yusuf Khan, is just perfection as, like, he's got just the right dad energy. Like, he obviously loves her so much. And, like, when they offer to let her go to Avenger Khan, but only if he goes with. And he's down to dress up like the Hulk and everything. Oh, like that was, she breaks his heart. Yes. And, and I could see it from being her age and now being a parent with a child who is that age. I, I could see the, like... Oh, I know exactly how you feel, dude. You just want to have this moment like you had with your kid when they were younger. But she is too old for that now, hon. She doesn't she didn't want that from you anymore. And that's OK. She's allowed to not want that anymore. <laughs> but also I could I could feel the like, oh, you've kicked me in the heart, child. <laughs> yeah, it's like you ripped it out and stomped on it. <laughs> right, but then you can understand it from her perspective of like she just wants to go and have fun and be a teenager and yeah. do her own thing. So, but most Mohan Kapoor plays it just just absolutely perfect. That's so sweet. Yeah, they felt like a real family. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, the relationship between him and Zenobia Shroff as Muniba is very husband and wife. You know, they're kind of you see them kind of get irritated with each other sometimes and being loving and that we've been married for so long era. <laughs> yes. And the, the scene, I loved that they included a little scene where they, uh, Amir is gone and Kamala's upstairs when, uh, when she's going to Avenger con and he's like, the kids are gone. Hey. <laughs> and uh, you know, Zenobia just laughs and oh, oh, like I loved that they included that to show that their marriage is like happy and healthy. Because so often you don't get to see that. And so often yeah. superheroes are orphans or don't have a supportive family structure. Yeah. So it was great that they go out of their way in this show to provide that for her. Yeah. Or their family structure is wild like Natasha's. Right. Right. Where there's a kind of a family, you know, and from what we know, you know, Tony Stark's parents are weird and toxic problem problematic whatever's you know and then yeah. for and then otherwise like a lot of times like, we don't know anything about captain america's parents so it's kind of nice to see her get yeah. to see somebody get to have that absolutely and there's one more character you said we must talk about and that is agent cleary yes agent cleary so we saw him first in spider-man no way home no way home 
and I got to give a shout out to uh, that actor, Arian Moed, Ar- Arian Moed, because so good at being kind of hateable <laughs> he's just but at the same time he's trying to keep agent deaver from doing something she's going to regret and she just oh disregards everything he says to her he's like the very angry man yelling on the phone mm-hmm. that's his role right and it almost feels like he could be not the good version like phil colson but kind of the new phil colson where he just keeps popping up and everything because we got that for so long with colson obviously he had a long run in agents of shield that went on for like seven seasons probably way more than it should have (laughs) but you know he popped up in the movies he was in what was it Thor, mm-hmm. I think, was the first one he popped up in. And then he kept popping up again and again. And you see quite a few people from S.H.I.E.L.D. where that happens, you know. Yeah, we still see um, who's the agent that is always with Fury. Maria. Yes. Something. <laughs> yes. Maria Hill. Yes. I was like, Stumptown lady, Stumptown lady. <laughs> agent Hill. Yes. And we get to see there are multiple S.H.I.E.L.D agents who kind of reappear and yeah that's great it's nice to have that little connection he's gonna be the damage control guy yeah which i think damage control is interesting because they show up in so many different ways in the comics and much like shield you know there's a lot they can do there i don't ever see them being like the crux of a big bad or anything Mm -hmm. along those lines but more like the down on the street stuff not the up in the sky avengers big space guardians storylines or even sword with its you know its interactions with um in wandavision right this i think we are definitely going to see more of these agencies Mm -hmm. play a role in the future of the mcu in various ways and i think that probably is a testament to the fact that like i said agents of shield did run for seven seasons yeah and has still has devoted fans um and they went to space yeah they did lots of space things in that show the show got wild but it sounds that's besides like it. the point as usual we have said we were going to talk about miss marvel and then talked about eight million other things yes. so i just want to also give a shout out to nakia oh sh- for just like being that that friend who's always there and she's upset that kamala told other people before she told Nakia because mm-hmm. Nakia's like I tell you everything right? I thought this was like a a two-way street we had going here yeah and here you are just being superhero school. yeah it's high school so she she's obviously going to be upset about something like that right and understandably so like I said and I think she doesn't blow it up more than it needs to be blown up she's just like all right we got some people outside chasing us and Kamala's like, you all go. And she's like, no, what? <laughs> like, I'm mad at you. I'm not leaving you here. She's very graceful about it. And then she's like, okay, but we got to get back to work. We got stuff we need to get done here because shit is about to go down. It feels like that's, you know, kind of just who she is as a person when she decides to run for leadership at the mosque. And she's very take charge. I mm-hmm. love the scene where uh, when uh, damage control has like, finally come into the mosque and is doing their search no you can't go in there oh don't tell my mom i'm dating him she wouldn't allow it like just the way she plays that off is so yeah so perfect 
At first, I was expecting just to see like Bruno in there, mm-hmm. and then it was just like some totally random. <laughs> yes, <laughs> who then is obsessed like, with? Oh. Who said we were dating? Oh my god! I was yeah. like, oh, sir, sir, no, you did not get the joke. You did not get it. Yeah, yeah, it was great, and the fact that all of the people at the mosque are willing to help Bruno too, it just mm-hmm. shows that he's such a part of the community without like being Muslim pretty much right they don't care about that you know it's not like oh no bruno walked into the mosque and they're like freaking out about it Mm -hmm. but damage control walking into the mosque very different vibe very illegal (laughs) very illegal very yeah right yeah and like the the sheikh abdullah is such a great character like he Mm -hmm. really they get they went out of their way to make him a community leader which is this definitely what mm-hmm. an imam is supposed to be they're a community leader there to help you know their congregation and all of that and help their community and outside of the congregation as well and he's obviously so dedicated to that you know when he helps uh Kamran and bruno escape here put these hats on. yeah these hats <laughs> <laughs> it's not a disguise that's a hat that's a hat sorry <laughs> And then a little bit, Kamala sees him and she's like, what are you wearing? What is that? And then they're like, what are you wearing? Right? And they just kind of take the hats off. They're like, no, put it over there. Like, oh, yes, exactly. A hat yeah. is not a disguise. No. Glasses are if you're Clark Kent, but. Yes, that's totally different, though. You could just put some, as I know, just put, if, when I take my glasses off, people are like, who's that? I don't even know. <laughs> totally different vibe. Totally different. And it's so many comedic moments in this. I was a little worried it was going to take itself a little too seriously, but it seems like they've kind of opened up a little more. And Marvel has always leaned into the jokes. Yes. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. When you have someone like Spider-Man, he has to be talking all the time when he's fighting people. That's his thing. Yes. You know, even Doctor Strange would get some moments. He certainly did in Multiverse of Madness, for sure. Yeah. Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I think he's so good at doing that kind of direction. The whole comedy horror vibe, and it worked. It also worked really, really well in this. Mm-hmm. Because it felt like just stuff you would laugh at every day. Like you said, the hats. Like, if you saw your friends <laughs> wearing those hats, you would say the same exact thing. Yeah, why are you wearing that? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Katie, I think I don't have too much more to say about this. I had a fun time with it. Yeah, I'm really happy they did it. And I'm really excited to see what Miss Marvel or the Marvels. I am now very much more hype for the Marvels than I was before because I was like, yeah, what are we going to do with this here? Because they haven't done a whole lot with with Captain Marvel since her movie. She's just kind of been forgotten about. And then in the very end of this, we see... What I'm fairly certain is that uh, she has switched places mm-hmm. with Kamala. And her looking around the room and just seeing her face everywhere. Oh, God. Like, what? what's happening? Oh, my God. Like, I, and I loved her new hairstyle. God, they always give such great hairstyles to Captain Marvel. So I'm very excited to see what's what it's coming. And I think that's also because of how well uh, they did uh, with America Chavez in mm-hmm. Doctor Strange. They are allowing... They're bringing in a younger era of characters. Exactly. I am excited to see. And how Kate Bishop. 
I want to see all of these women interact together. That's what I'm really looking forward to is having uh, all of that come together and just see the the storyline potential that's there. Yeah. I'll be curious to see if we get West Coast Avengers. That would be amazing. With Kate. I could see it. And potentially America, because we know they know each other. Mm-hmm. And I think Marvel Marvel's always 800 steps ahead. Yes. <laughs> you know, they know what's happening in like phase seven already, mm-hmm. probably. And look, I think for me personally, there's been too much content lately just because I've been so busy. Like I have days where I literally just don't watch TV because I'll be done in the office at like eight or nine o'clock at night. And I'm just like, I don't want to look at a screen Yeah, right now. I just want to go to Do bed. I inevitably still scroll on my phone? Yes. It's different. Yes, it's a little screen. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little screen. I don't have to listen to anything on that screen if I don't want to. <laughs> right. And... You know, I've I've kept up with the stuff, but I think I'm almost to the point where I just want to wait and binge watch stuff now, because even just having Miss Marvel coincide with Obi Wan Kenobi for like half of each season or something, mm-hmm. or like four episodes overlapped, whatever it was, I was just like, this is too much to keep up with, because they were on the same day, and I was like, okay, I gotta I gotta hurry up on Wednesdays and finish my work so I can watch them without having them spoiled. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I I just I think I am going to at least wait on She Hulk for it to wrap up. Oh yeah, and then I'll watch it because I think that one's longer too. I think yeah, I thought I that one was eight at least eight or nine episodes, and I haven't even like I said seen Thor yet <laughs> like it's a, I can see why I it's can't divisive. keep up yeah I can see why Thor is divisive I, I get that I think I I watched this in chunks I waited until just before it finished and then I started watching it in chunks because I too like I, I think WandaVision and most of Falcon were the only shows that I was watching every single episode as they were premiering and then the both seasons of The Mandalorian. That I did keep up with as yeah. it was coming out. But Obi-Wan, I watched. I, I did finish that. I watched in chunks. was like, okay, I'll watch two, three episodes tonight. And then I'll get to it when I get to it again. So yeah. that, I'd much prefer that to, okay. All right, now let's. I, I grew up and you grew up in a time when that was the only way to watch shit sometimes. Like as a kid, yeah. I remember, oh, well, the Sunday is a new episode of The Simpsons. And this is the only time I get to see a new episode of The Simpsons until a week. And now I'm just totally spoiled. And I don't like I don't like experiencing content like that. I don't mind if it takes a while to come out. I just might not watch it all until it does. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at with it, because I- I started Station Eleven, haven't finished that. Oh. People are all, all like, watch the boys, watch the boys. And I'm just like, that's three seasons. Yep. I don't know when I will get to that. Like, I had a stretch where I went through and I watched like eight seasons of Homeland. Oh, my God. And I was like, I cannot do another show like this again. So I, I'm like, okay, one season shows. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And even like, I started Station Eleven two, three weeks ago? Three weeks ago, I want to say. I'm on episode four. <laughs> yep. I know that feeling. I'm like, oh, but I I just don't want to right now. I just don't want to. To be fair, I paused to get through Stranger Things. Okay. See, that makes sense. The last two episodes. I haven't started watching that yet. I haven't watched the new. I've seen all of it except the new season, but my husband hasn't seen anything from the third season. Ah. And so I was like, 
Can you hurry up? <laughs> you got to watch the third season. We have to, you can't go into the fourth season and not have watched the third one. Yeah. So we have to start with that first. So I'm just like, oh, I want to know who is this Eddie character that everybody's talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel and like I'm going to love him. That was honestly the main reason I stopped and did Stranger Things. Like that was going to be talked about way more than anything else I could have been watching at the time. Even Miss Marvel. Right. I feel like it got overshadowed by Stranger Things. Yeah. Stranger Things was huge. Yeah. It's a huge show. And I'm just tired. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. I've been getting into <sighs> movies more lately, too, because I'm like two hours and I'm out. Great. <laughs> yep. I get a whole self-contained story. I'm on board with this. Yeah. That's, yeah, but that's how I've been watching a lot still, of movies lately. It's been like a trickle of watching movies. But anyway, <laughs> this is not the conversation people come here for. Maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe. We got, Maybe. I only got nine more episodes after this. So <laughs> <laughs> They're getting what they get. They're getting what they get. It. I don't have recommendations today uh, unless you want to read the 2014 and 2015 Miss Marvel series comic book series that's that's all i got <laughs> i am going to recommend a movie and i am going to recommend the northman i recently covered it on my own very good very good yeah i recently covered it on my own show uh, danger close and we all loved it on there it's violent bloody not the same vibe as miss marvel <laughs> no no very dark not a show for children uh based on the same story that hamlet uh that shakespeare based hamlet on so this is an ancient tale. It's the most accurate Viking movie ever to have been made so far, as said by actual experts on Viking stuff. So if you're interested, give it a watch. It's great. Yes. And Alexander Skarsgård is just absolutely delicious in it. <laughs> well, Katie, thank you for that recommendation. Thank you for joining me to talk Miss Marvel. You might be back again before the podcast ends. I have no idea what's going on. I don't we'll know. See. We'll see. It'll be a surprise. Yes. Thank you for having me. I always love to come on and talk to you about anything, but especially comic books and comic related stuff. Of course. <laughs>